Blog Talk Radio. The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make it better. Radio, and we are uh, this half hour going to be talking about how we believe we can uh, make a difference in the world. And this is uh, a half hour we like to talk about where faith meets up with real life. Uh, that's what we love to talk about. Marketplace Christians is uh, what we call ourselves, and uh, we're trying to help you, our listener, and uh, our regular catch uh, citizens, uh, help you get some examples and encouragement and stimulation and inspiration about carrying your faith uh, into the world where you live. Uh, your sphere of influence and uh, this is going to be a great half hour our guest tonight uh, his name is Gilbert Russell and he is a good friend of our good friend Gunnar Simonson who is the voice you just heard uh, who introduces this show every time Um, and uh, Gunnar has been involved with very much involved with the catch and is continues to be. Uh, but Gunnar turned us on to Gilbert. And interestingly, these two uh, have known each other for quite some time and carried on a very, uh, a relationship where they've become fast friends and yet they've never met each other. It's very strange, but uh, very, very wonderful. We hope in the future uh, to have Gunnar on as well. So we can talk a little bit more about that. But tonight, we're going to meet Gilbert, and we're going to find some things out about his faith and how he lives it out uh, in, in the world in which he lives. Gilbert has worked for the past 18 years at ASAP Pharmacy in Orland Park, Illinois, as Director of Business Development and Patient Care. My understanding is that is an online uh, uh, drugstore, basically. But uh, he can tell us some more about that if he wants to. But uh, we're we're not necessarily talking uh, about about uh, uh, pharmaceuticals <laughs> tonight. We want to talk about the Lord and uh, how He has changed our life. And certainly, Gilbert has much to say. Uh, he and his wife, he loves to say uh, right off the top, it's what he told me when I first met him, that he and his wife became, both became Christians together at the same time, three months after they were married. And now they've been married for 44 years and have grown 
together in their marriage and grown up with the Lord during that time. So very unique relationship there and uh, uh, a unique gentleman who you'll love uh, hearing from. So uh, Gilbert, uh, a, a warm welcome to the catch on Blog Talk Radio. Well, thanks so much, John. I'm uh, humbled and honored to be here with you. Beautiful. Um, I found out uh, just by talking with Gunnar a little bit today that you and my wife have something quite in common. And (laughs) (laughs) that that is that you both believe that God has called you to reach everybody in the world for Christ. And that, mm. that's just not a, that's just not a fly by night thing. You actually believe mm-hmm. it. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I told you our vision here at the catch is to introduce the gospel of welcome, which is grace turned outward to everyone everywhere. And that's our goal. And, uh, I think you have a goal to talk to everybody about the Lord. And uh, so uh, tell us about that. And where, where did that come from? And uh, how does it play out in your life? Well, I tell you, John, um, I have always, I'm the, I'm the, the baby of, of five kids. And my mom will, would testify that uh, probably before I always had a fond affection for people. And so I learned to to talk at a very early age, read at a very early age, Hmm. but uh, I never, I never uh, wasted any opportunity to meet someone. In Hmm. fact, uh, one of the funny stories she tells is we were living in, uh, we were living in High Park. I think it was in Chicago and we were living in an apartment building that um, only allowed you to have three kids, and there were five of us. <laughs> and so quite naturally, uh, the landlord just happened to uh, cross my path, and I, I told him everything. <laughs> I told him names, ages, and, 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 and of course, that, uh, that upset the cart, uh, the apple cart. But uh, I'm just always, uh, I've hmm. always loved meeting new people. This, they think it's just one of the most unique experiences that we can have on a day-to-day basis because nobody really looks alike. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would often laugh. You look at science fiction movies, and all the aliens all look alike. So I, I would almost believe that if someone came from another planet and they came to this planet, they, they'd have to be scared because nobody, you can't really, you can't find two people that really look alike. <laughs> that's so, true. That's so I do. True. People are the most fascinating uh, experiences mm. that we can have on mm. this on this earth, and I look for every opportunity to meet someone new and learn something about them. Wow, wow! How do you do that? Are there any any tricks along the way? You ask a lot of questions, mm-hmm. or what? Uh, you know, how does that yeah, how know, does that develop? So you 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 always you talk about uh, how we um, you know how we how we live out our faith, <clears throat> and so I can remember when we first came to faith that uh, the church that I was attending would say uh, you need to witness to at least one person a week, and and you should pray that God would bring someone across your path that you could talk to. 
And so that's that's really it. It it starts with something as simple as just acknowledging the value of a person hmm. to say hello. Just to say hello to someone with a friendly smile can open up a door of opportunity that that leads to uh, an acquaintance. And then based on that acquaintance, you know, God will determine or life will determine or in that conversation you'll determine if there are any steps or any additional steps that should take place. Uh But just like anything else, you want to leave an impression in a person's life that if they never saw you again, that that maybe at the end of their day they say, you know, I ran across this person that just really made a a night that was nice. Hmm. They Hmm. said something nice to me. They complimented me. Uh, They Hmm. encouraged me. Um, Wow. I, I, I think that's that's what I. That's what I've always valued. Uh, that's always what I've always wanted to do. I've always. I don't have one of those names that that is catchy. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> not one of those that that you know doesn't sound like John Fisher. You know, you know that's <laughs> like a name I can grab a hold of and hold on to. Mm-hmm. You know, mine is just. It's kind of awkward. Mm. You know, but yet. Uh, I believe that that I, I should I should leave an impression uh, that yeah. someone should remember, and so I value them in that way. When I come across anyone, I think it's a privilege, you know, that I would meet someone that I've never met before, and yet they too were made in the image mm-hmm. of God, and so they're valuable. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, my wife, her name is Marty, by the way. She loves to tell. Uh, stories about what happened when she first became a Christian, which was back in the mm-hmm. early 70s. And mm-hmm. uh, she, she was a flight attendant at the time uh, with United Airlines, and she was just passionate about the Lord uh, right mm-hmm. from the get-go. And she wanted to just, you know, tell every person she met about Jesus mm-hmm. and and yeah. so she uh, she and her fellow flight attendant, who was also a Christian, um, they bid flights together. You know, you can you can choose what you want to choose as far as mm-hmm. your uh, different types of flights. At least that's the way it was with her uh, with United Airlines. And so they purposely chose what they call the uh, the the puddle jump run, you know, which, which went Mm. from LA up into Seattle and stopped five times in between. So they were little seven thirty sevens and they take these little hops because they had, they had a a pact with each other and the Lord that they asked the Lord to give them one person uh, to lead to Christ Mm. on every flight Mm -hmm. And one person who would encourage them as a believer. And That's would good. you would you believe that it happened it, just like that every single flight? And uh, yeah. <laughs> Marty, Marty, Marty was you know she was going to uh, Hal Lindsey's school at the time at, mm, at UCLA, okay. and um, and she was learning learning about tools to study the Bible. Do you know anything about a Strong's Concordance? Have you ever yes. seen one of those? You know yes. how big those things are? Oh, yes. She, she yes. went on board flights with a Strong's 
Young's concordance and a Bible. And she would ask people, what do you want to know? And whatever they Mm. said, she would look up the word in the strong concordance and then look it it up in her Bible and read a verse or two. I love that. (laughs) Can you believe that? Yeah. God bless you. You know, because... Because at that time, John, I mean, in the in the late seventies, yeah. it wasn't unusual when we studied scripture. There were there were you had you had to have the, again you had to have. This is what I had. I had a, I think my wife had a Thompson's chain reference Bible, mm-hmm. uh, chain yeah. reference study Bible. I had a Ryrie study Bible. You had to have a Strong's concordance because I think Strong's was the only one that was out there. You had to have a Haley's Bible handbook. You had to yep. have a a Y. It might have been a Wycliffe Bible commentary, yeah. and you yeah. had to have a Nelson's Bible dictionary, and oh, you had yeah. all of this spread out in front of you, and you had your pencil and paper, and that's how you you studied the scripture. You you were either doing a word study or mm-hmm. you were studying in a passage, but it was oh, it was rich. very very. It, I mean, this this is just lay people. This wasn't we weren't in right. we weren't in college or seminary. We were right. we were just in a regular weekly Bible study. Uh, so good. That's so good. Yeah. Have you have you got any stories about the you know talking with people like that and and uh, you know. Leading oh, anybody to the Lord or whatever. I mean, give us a got story tons, or two. I got tons of stories. <laughs> yeah, you're kidding. I'm old as dirt. Yeah. I've got tons of stories. Here, here's one story, though, that I love to tell before I, before I get into one of those. When we came to faith in Christ, this is very interesting. When, when my wife and I came to faith in Christ, her brother had just gotten saved like a year before. But her brother is so academic. Uh, he wanted all of his family members to come to know Christ. And so he had us all reading this book. Now, he said he had us all first reading this book on the rapture. You know, so huh? we're reading this fictional book on the rapture, and we're going, you know, we're talking amongst ourselves, and we're going, okay, well, if this is true, then that means he leaves that we get, <laughs> we get left behind. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do this. So you know what he does? He, he, he orchestrates a mandatory Bible study. He says, starting this Saturday, you all would, and again, this is right after I've gotten married in July, and he says, you all are going to come to this mandatory Bible study at my house Saturday night from 6 to 9. Wow. That's a commitment. Think think about it. Now, I, I'm not even saved. Uh-huh. Like, you know what? <laughs> I'm not going to spend my Saturday night doing, doing, doing no Bible study. That's quite stupid. But Maria asked me, she said, you know, if your friends came by and said, did you want, would you smoke some weed for three hours, you would go. I said, well, you know, you got a point. <laughs> so, so I started going to this Bible study, and it, and it turned from, it was, it was interesting, but then it started to be competitive. And so, and we were, remember, I knew the plan of salvation. I knew the plan of salvation before I actually got saved. So I actually knew how to lead myself to the Lord before I actually, and so that's how I, I got to know Christ. But well, it was just the idea yeah. that he made us make a commitment yeah. to study God's word, and, and it developed into a, a hunger for God's wow. word. 
And that's what really started the ball rolling for us. Wow. Um, now, is, is is that how uh, you guys uh, came to know the Lord? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. All Through that he study? Had, he had Marie. Uh, it was Marie and I and his wife and, and his, uh, his wife's wow. sisters um, and their husbands. We all came and we yeah. all participated in this Bible study. Wow. I mean, he was wow. good. He would give prizes. He was giving tests, and he was grading tests and everything. And we were loving it. We would come in there. It didn't even matter to us that we were there. And again, we were doing this before we were saved. It wasn't like we were saved and we were were doing this. We were doing this. We were developing. He developed in us a hunger for God's word, wow. even before even before we actually knew Him that way. That's wild. That, yeah. that I love that story. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and and then you know I guess as you said, you and your wife came to the Lord together. Is that right? About yeah. the same time? Well, we weren't we weren't actually together, but it was it was in the it was in the same month. Hmm. So it was like okay. she came home one day and said, "I gave my life to Jesus Christ," you know. Hmm. And then I came home a couple of days later and said. You know, and I gave my life to Jesus Christ too. Wow. wow. But there was an assurance that was there. Mm-hmm. And for us, when we came to know Christ, you had to have you had to have a verse. There was a there was a verse. You had to have an anchor verse. Uh-huh. The idea behind that was that this verse, if someone were ever to challenge you whether you had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you could always cite this verse. And ah. this verse then would be that would be your, your credibility statement. And so, okay. you know, for, for Maria was John 3.16, for God so mm-hmm. loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Mine was Acts 4.12, which was neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name mm-hmm. under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Mm-hmm. And the church mm-hmm. that we ended up attending afterwards, they required that you have a scripture verse. Loved your testimony, loved how you mm-hmm. came to know Christ. But they, too, would say, well, is there a scripture verse that you base your salvation on? Wow. And it was good to have that. Wow. What's funny is Marie's, Marie's father, I forgot about it, father. father was a part of this Bible study, too. When we went to this church and they were asking what his salvation verse was, I think he gave he gave James 4, 7, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. They bounced him out. It, no, go out there and get you a salvation verse. So he came outside the interview room and said, they didn't like my salvation verse. What salvation verse can I give them? Give them John 3.16. Went in there, gave him John 3.16. He passed. Yeah. And they let him in. Well, I don't know. I think, I, think, I think his verse is a pretty good one. I think that James verse is pretty good. Yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> that, that wasn't one of the approved ones. The approved for, for that particular, yeah, for that, yeah, yeah that's right, yeah. for that particular, wow. for that particular church. So you, uh, you and your wife have been grown together as a couple and and yeah. as believers. Uh, what's mm-hmm. what's what's that been like? I tell you, um, you know, life in life in Christ is 
I, I tell you the benefit. The benefit for us is that we were in a in a in a unusual sense we weren't unequally yoked. You know, we were both growing to yeah. know Christ at the same time. It wasn't, you mm-hmm. know, she got saved before I did and so therefore mm-hmm. she knew a little more. We were both growing, we grew at the same age, so we're like the same age in, in Christ. And then we're learning, we're learning this transformation, this transformed life, the Romans 12, 2, to no longer be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We mm. were experiencing that at the same time. And so we could look at everything that was going on in our life from this new lens, from this new paradigm, hmm. this new shift hmm. in, in the way that we were thinking. We could see it all at, in real time the same way and so we were a support system to each other now again we're growing to understand what it means to be husband and wife mm-hmm. not alone right. you know you've got to embrace this new way of looking at the world and looking at people uh, and because of that I think when the hardships of our marriage started kicking in uh, we were better able to uh, be a support to one another in the midst of mm-hmm. it Hmm. Uh, because we are, again, we were experiencing, we knew how to search the scriptures to see, you know, to search for the answers that we needed uh, wow. and then to be open to to following and obeying it. Um, oh, that's because, great. again, it was, we were doing it yeah. more out of, uh, out of obedience uh, than, uh, than actually the experience of it. Yeah. Yeah, if that makes sense, it does. Uh, Gilbert, in your uh, in your paragraph you sent me, um, mm-hmm. you mentioned that your favorite Bible character is Enoch. Now yes. that's a that's a new one for me, and uh, but I I think I get it. But I'd love to have you tell us about that. Okay. So so a lot of this has to do with, <laughs> with getting old. But I can still remember very early on when I came to faith and reading through the book of Genesis and being being stopped at when you were looking at all these these uh these new births uh, that mm-hmm. were taking place as as God was populating the earth and you get to Enoch and and they don't tell you much. I mean they don't tell you much about a lot of the other ones. Mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. they were living seven, eight, nine hundred years, but Enoch you know, it says something, I, I think the verses before that even said that, you know, Enoch was 60 years old, I think, when he came to know the Lord. Or he was 60 years old when that transition in his life took place. That's when Methuselah was born. Hmm. And after hmm. Methuselah was born, it doesn't tell you what happened, but it just said that he began to walk with the Lord. And it huh? said that he was not because God took him. And, and I was, I was, I was struck by that. Well, mm. what must his day have been like? <laughs> and Lord, I, I wish that somebody would have written like, you know, I've never read the book of Enoch, so I don't know what it, it would say, but I, I, I just tried to imagine in my own eyes what it must have been like for mm. him to just be in God's presence and just to enjoy God that much, mm. you know, that that he didn't really know he had left. Just, <laughs> you know, it was just a regular, wow. a regular day. I'm going to wake up. And uh, you know, and I'm giving God the preeminence of this this relationship. God is waking me up, and I'm going out to spend time with Him. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know if your experience was like this, but when we first came to faith, we were taught that the first thing you did in the morning is you rolled out of bed and you went to your knees mm-hmm. and you prayed yeah. and you thanked God for putting, making you a part of a new day. And, you know, you kind of rehearsed how you wanted your day to go. But mm-hmm. I tried to just fathom what, what, what was it like for him? You know, to mm-hmm. feel God, nudge him in the morning, and then just hang out with him. Yeah. You know, it's not like you uh, you can go anywhere and escape him. And and, wow. and I remember uh, the the song that I loved at those times. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the road. Oh, yeah. And the mm-hmm. voice I hear following him. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own. You know, it's, 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 it's that type of experience with God that you can have every day, that you don't have to manufacture, you don't have to create. You know, he's the one that creates it for you. He's the one that gives you the ability to to live and move and have your being in a new day, a day you've never experienced before, a day you'll never get to experience again, and yet Mm. you can have Mm. something miraculous, supernatural. Uh, You can have a, a moment that will stand the test of time if you acknowledge him and give him preeminence. And so Enoch, the Bible tells us very little about him. But for me, it it, it made me draw a line in the sand. Mm-hmm. I turned 60, and I resolved at that point that I said, I'm, I, for the rest of my days, I said, I'm going to burn out. I'm not going to rust out in my love for <laughs> Christ and, in, and for the ministry that he's entrusted uh, said, I'm going to burn out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to touch as many people as I can. That's so I'm trying to get to those 7.9 billion. Yeah. I know there's got to yeah. be a way. I, yeah. I wish Facebook had, if Facebook had 7.9 billion uh, friends, I could do it. <laughs> well, you're you're on your way. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. But you're doing it, you're doing it more... Yeah personally with with people that you meet every day mm. is that yes. right yes yeah 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 that's great yeah what a what a what a privilege what a privilege it is um you know that god would put people in your path and and yeah. I, I tell you yeah. something i'm developing uh a passion for the loss hmm even you know it's 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 even even more so than than I used to because I I was finding even in some of my discussions and and as you can see I'm very talkative I love to talk <laughs> but uh-huh. I'm finding that that uh, sometimes uh, I don't remember that I was once lost <clears throat> and mm. so I get into some discussions and I, I try to inform without first listening to find out where people's hearts are. Mm. Listening first. And so, right. Yeah. It's, it's, there's such a, uh, mm-hmm. there's such an, there's an urgency. I mean, there's an urgency because we don't know if we'll see if that person will, if this is mm-hmm. their last day or this is my last day. It's kind of that kind of thing. But uh, we're living in a time now where, where people are getting more lost. Hmm. <laughs> they were lost hmm. before. They're getting more lost because, People are, you know, they're doing what's right in their own eyes. Mm. And so, mm. again, God has entrusted this day 
to the believer's care, hmm. and am I am I being am I being uh, intentional? Am I being urgent? But am I being uh, am I doing it with gentleness and respect uh, mm. that they may come to know Christ? Yeah, that's that's a concern. Yeah, for sure. Gentleness and respect. That's that uh, yes. First Peter verse, yeah, isn't it? it? Is. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. beautiful. Oh gosh. Well, uh, you know, we've only got a couple more minutes, and I wanted to talk about discipleship. But maybe, okay. uh, maybe we can, uh, maybe we can, you know, go into that more deeply uh, next time. But just give us an okay. overview. You mentioned about sure. the fact that 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 you're intentional about this, and that yes. that's what we want to try and build into our people uh, an intentional kind of discipleship, not just mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to talk to so and so about it, but you're really going to take on some kind of responsibility to pass mm-hmm. on what you know to somebody else. Like, like yes. Jesus told his disciples to teach them everything he taught them. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yes. So tell us how that works with you. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 it, it really starts with trying to do the same thing that my brother-in-law did with me. Mm. And that's to help them to develop a hunger. God's word. If 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 this has the power to change the whole planet and and to change your life, again, it's just to tell people, you know, when you when you give your testimony, you talk about this was my past life, this is how I came to know Christ, and this is how I've been living life since then. You know, Mm -hmm. and when they can see how how reckless my my old life was, but I was I was happy. And yet I wasn't fulfilled. When when I can reach that chord in their life where they understand that that there there is there's a void inside of you that God wants to fulfill with this word. There's a way you can live this life. You can live it victoriously and abundantly. But you have to know God, and you have to know God's word. And so that's that's where it, it starts. I try to 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 ask questions that generate a response that makes them question how well, where would I get the answer for something like that? Mm. And then that's where we start. We start that's, from just a simple okay. definition of who God is, who, who is he, you know, and if he exists, what would he be like, do you think? Mm-hmm. Do you have like a, a pattern uh, or or goals for people? Do you take them through something, or is it? I do. Is it different all the time? Good. Yeah, I use I used to use a one to one discipleship uh, that mm-hmm. came out of I'm trying to think of a ministry out on the West Coast, but of late I've been working with Good Seed International with a book called The Stranger on the Road to Emmaus. Hmm. This is the, the most right now in my life. I can mm-hmm. I can take an unbeliever through this book, uh, and and by the time they get to chapter fourteen, they'll they'll ask, "What must I do to be saved?" And they're just reading. They're just wow. they're just reading. Wow. They're just reading because we've never really, I mean, even in my own life, uh, if my brother-in-law hadn't did it the way he did it, he didn't do it necessarily this way, but. Mm-hmm. He, he just had us captured, so we were like all in anyway. And 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 
again, this this was this Bible study with my brother-in-law went on for two years. And then and you I do went this. to another Bible study that you had to sign uh-huh. a contract, John. You had to sign <laughs> a two-year contract, two- to three-year contract to get up at wow. 5.30 on Saturday mornings, every Saturday, except it, unless it was a holiday, and come to Bible study. Wow. <laughs> but the stranger on the road to Emmaus is by far, by far. Right now, for me, I think that's that's probably one of the best uh discipleship books that are out that's out there and you don't have all you do is read it you sit down that's with the person great. you're discipling mm-hmm. you read it and the questions just come and as mm-hmm. the questions come you say okay just hold that question write it down you got the answers come yeah and they try to wow. mirror it you, if you think of luke 25 and that experience that those those disciples had or those those men had was they were walking with jesus to emmaus and yeah. He's going all the way from the law and the prophets, and he's showing them that that he's the he was the Messiah. He was the prophesied uh, anointed one that was coming. Wow! wow. And they made the discovery. For remember, I mean, they made the discovery on their own. He just That's laid out great. the scriptures for them, but he did it in a uh-huh. systematic way. And because we don't always lead people to Christ and show them how the Old Testament, really the Old Covenant, was leading mm-hmm. to a better covenant in Jesus. And When they can make the connection and bring that together, then yeah, salvation not only comes, but salvation is assured. Wow. Wow. That's great. What's that title one more time? Yeah, it's okay, called The Stranger on the Road to Emmaus by John okay. Cross. John Cross. Well, that's easy to remember. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> Good <seat international. laughs> yeah. And he's well, here's here's the thing. Yeah, if I can put a plug in for him, he's written it in three different ways. So the stranger on the road to Emmaus is designed for someone that comes out of a works oriented background. Mm-hmm. He wrote the same okay. story in another version called um, by any other name. Um, Hmm. Same story, um, but it's written with a slant toward those that are uh, more in the, the Mid-Eastern uh, religions, religious kind of okay. teaching or upbringing. Then he wrote another one called, I have to go down and look, but he wrote another one that's written toward the, a person that's new age. No kidding. Huh. Uh huh. It's it's that's great. They are the most fascinating books. He wrote a follow up called "The King and the Captive," which then takes. So this is this is Jesus in mm-hmm. these three books. Then that King and the Captive deals with how the first church got started. It really looks wow. at the life of Peter. Ah, wonderful, Gilbert. Yeah. our time's up. So those are the ones. That. Yeah. Those. <laughs> okay. We will, uh, I'll remind our people about that. That's fantastic. And uh, you got to promise you'll come back again soon. You'll have me. I'll be here. (laughs) Okay. Lord bless you, Gilbert. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Good to start to get to know you. And uh, we will talk. We will talk some more. God bless you and your wife. And, and, uh, Stay healthy. Thank you. I will. You and Marty as well. Love you, brother.
God bless you, and come back next week to catch Block Talk Radio. God bless Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.